for the week of December 13th, 2021. This is the Bad Batch TV Talk from Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into every Star Wars The Bad Batch Disney Plus episode. Today, we are reviewing this sixth episode of the first season of The Bad Batch Decommissioned, in which the Bad Batch are sent on another mission by Sid for a mysterious buyer to bring back a tactile droid. Dave, what did you think of this episode? Well, as we know, tactical droids have always been the backbone of the Separatist movement during the War of the Republic, so as the Empire is gaining its footing... Of course, something like that would be a very valuable thing for anybody to get a hold of. Absolutely, and this obviously comes with a number of issues. There is one little twist and turn that the Bad Batch are faced with in this little episode here. They bring back a couple of classic, or not really Mm -hmm. even classic, but classic uh, original in their creating, um, basically from the Clone Wars. But... Before we get into them, this episode kind of starts with a buildup for Omega, like the last few episodes Mm -hmm. have, where she's kind of practicing her bow. You have, of course, uh, the the Batch trying to help her with it, and she hits the target a few times. But they are very um, intentional in bringing up that right now her skill just seems to be luck, which comes back later on in the episode. So I thought that was an interesting little start here. True enough. And when you when you see them practicing against that, what looked to be a, uh, oh, I don't know, an old-style video game machine, like the old ones, the arcade style from the early 80s and whatnot, I'm not sure what it was supposed to be, but that's what it reminded me of. But you can see by the, by the spread on the pattern that she'd hit, like, maybe two or three times, but out of the other eight or nine shots, they were all misses. So... Definitely needed to to work on the skill there. And, yeah, a a spread like that from uh, somebody who was raised with a hunter, that is pure luck. But uh, sometimes luck's all you need. Right. That is exactly right, and we learned that um, a lot of times here in Star Wars with the whole that was lucky type of thing. But what happens here in this episode is this mysterious, slimy lizardy Sid sends the Bad Batch on another mission and we know that her dealings aren't with the most um, positively distinguished people of the galaxy we can assume that she's obviously working with the Huts in this yep. as we saw from the last episode but they send or Sid sends the Batch back to Corellia, not that they've ever been, but the fans get to go back to Corellia, which is obviously something that um, I think that Filoni has been interested in. I mean, we've seen this planet pop up time and time again um, across the Clone Wars and, um, of course, in Solo and just kind of bringing them back in the video games. And we get to explore another um, aspect of this planet where they go and they are basically trying to re- uh, retrieve or capture this decommissioned tactile droid, which has something that Sid wants in it, but they run into the Martez sisters. Now, this episode has kind of been a mission of the week type of format, so there's not a whole lot to dive into here, but this return of the Martez sisters. So, what was your initial uh, impression when you see these two 
come back into the you know the animated world of star wars like do you think that there are greater plans for these sisters in the future what is disney plus and lucasfilm trying to do with these two characters what do you think well i am not 100 percent sure because those those two those particular two raise a lot of questions because when we meet them in the end of the clone wars in season seven they're they're basically you, you got you got a, a wannabe pilot and a con artist and then they're sisters which is what's kept them together so they got family bonds and Ahsoka has some dealings with them and kind of gets them going on the right track because it proves that she basically proves to them this is what a Jedi was always supposed to be, not what they had experienced. And in, in throughout this episode, we end up finding out that they are now currently working with the uh, fledgling rebellion. And uh, that brings up a, a lot of possibility for the characters right there. Sure, we don't, you know, because of, you know, time and the fact that things were made years ago. Um, we don't ever really see characters that could possibly be them in the original movies, but that doesn't mean they weren't there behind the scenes and a, a new show can't be on its way that, uh, you know, puts them somewhere. We could even see them in some of the um, upcoming live action stuff. Yep. And that's, that was exactly my thought. So when we saw them pop up in the clone wars, they were just kind of, um, they could have been, I'm not necessarily saying this is where my mind was, but they could have very well just been a character or characters that were introduced to kind of get Ahsoka back on the right track or uh, served as some sort of device to show that the Jedi are, you know, really diverse in their thinking that Ahsoka to kind of go further with Ahsoka being closer to the uh, mentality of like a Qui-Gon Jinn who believes that the Jedi could be better and, you know, what have you. But now we see them in the Bad Batch. And I, you know, I don't necessarily know if they're coming back in this season of the Bad Batch or if they're exclusively Bad Batch characters or what we'll do. But this, these two seem like very, if, if they dive into a early rebellion type of series, this seems like a rich uh, duo to explore. I mean, who knows? Maybe we see them in the Obi-Wan series. Like they could very well pop up in that and be influential characters there. Uh, we know that they have this trust issue, which was also a theme here, where they are skeptical of this bad batch of clones, where they are um, very cautious, uh, especially Rafa, and uh, specifically where she's not really wanting to trust Hunter. She's willing to trust him just basically as a means, um, but she points out to him a number of times that she's, you know, she doesn't really trust them. She's seen you know, these clones go bad. She's seen what happened, which mm -hmm. makes me think that they saw their own version of Order 66 or basically what happened after the rebellion. We know that they're, of course, uh, stationed in Coruscant. So they got a lot of exploration to do with these two. They could even get their own, like, spinoff series. Who knows? Yeah, all that's valid. Like, they, all those are options are perfectly valid. I mean... I'd love to see a spinoff series with these two, if not as main characters, like very top tier characters, like recurring characters at the very least, like for more and, than three episodes. <laughs> yeah. And there's been rumors and speculation that Disney is working on some sort of like kind of underground. Uh, this was, of course, the first pitch of a live action television series was like uh, 
you know, an underground, what's happening in, in, you know, the undergrounds of Coruscant at the time. And so maybe these are the two characters that help us get centered in that type of storyline. Um, they can do that whichever way they want. I mean, they ha- obviously have the animation team behind it to make a good and quality animation series, yep. but they could, um, again, explore this further in, uh, in a live action series. And we know that, uh, at least in the early drafts of the, uh, the episode nine script that they were going to explore kind of the remains of Coruscant in the underground there too. So there's clearly an interest from Lucasfilm to explore this, this area. So all of that being said, I like these two and I'm curious even more to see them because they have been back in this series and i don't think that that's by accident we know that this team is very much focused on uh the design of their series and they're moving forward and trying to connect the dots and i think that's a goal of lucasfilm moving forward but going back to omega here we see that when the there's this conflict between the martez sisters and then obviously the um early upbringing of the empire on corellia that she's getting better with her bow as mm-hmm. you know, the crap hits the fan, so to speak, when push comes to shove, she's getting more accurate with it. She's a little shaky, which Rafa points out, but this is providing a little more evidence that her enhancement might be this adapting quickly or a, a faster evolutionary process, but just they're putting enough little references and Easter eggs for you to get behind that. Oh yeah, definitely. It's an easy, definitely an easy theory to, to get behind for sure. Like I, I, having looked at this a second time through, um, I don't think I had any real theories on it uh, the first time. It was just something that it was kind of, you know, for me, it was just there, kind of interesting, but not a focus. So I was more focused on what the whole overarching story was at the time. But going back through a second time, yeah, I can definitely get behind that as a theory that maybe her enhancement is uh, adapting quickly, learning quickly. Um, maybe there's some. Uh, enhanced processing ability in, in her brain that they've uh, put in, not like echoes from uh, the, the machines that he was uh, attached to, but there's definitely something there that's going to, uh, I believe, probably come out in the next uh, next season. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, Tarkin is willing to kind of pull the plug on the clones, and we have the Camelonians who are very desperate to get Omega back, and I think that's all but confirmed at this point in the series that that's their goal. Um, So that would totally make sense, again, if this is some sort of enhancement thing where they can show Tarkin, like, look, this is what we did to her. Now any uh, clones that are um, rebellious or that have been able to fight the inhibitor chip, they won't be able to if we integrate this uh, Omega programming in them. Just a lot of interesting stuff here. Um, This is a character who... I would love to see at least make like the science behind it in a live yeah. action. So maybe not like Omega herself, that would be sweet, but kind of the science behind it where you have this all adapting clone uh, troop that is just, you know, uh, very Terminator esque in the star Wars universe that I would love to see. That would be a great turn. Like, I mean, they, they explored the whole, okay, here's a stormtrooper That's going to, uh, defect and become uh, a good guy with the whole with Finn in the in the latest trilogy but yeah let's do an episodic uh thing where you know we explore 
like what you just said, a, a team of clones that have been programmed to adapt, like the Borg from Star Trek, or as you say, very Terminator esque, and, and see what happens. We do get a little bit of that um, from Crosshair uh, in his arc at this point in time. So who knows? Maybe something will come up like that in the future. Yeah, and this is this episode for me was very much just like getting uh entertained by all this speculation mm-hmm. because the fight scenes they weren't anything like revolutionary for Star Wars animation. It was just kind of another like oh the bad batch had another uh you know uh issue. There's another bump in the road, but when you start looking closer at this character you get these fun speculations, and if you've been listening to me long enough, you know that I love these speculations, and that's kind of what uh, tickles my brain a little bit, so I love doing all that stuff. Um, which leads us into the next era of speculation, where we have Hunter, who just ends up giving the droid's data to um, Rafa. Like He's just like, yeah, whatever. Like I know we're, you, we were supposed to be getting paid for this job, but this kind of, he just gives it away and maybe that's to simply prove that he is different um he's really wanting to prove because he is of course in grief like i think that there's no denying that where he's in grief of what's happening with the clones um and specifically crosshair but he's seeing you know his brothers in arms really kind of turn against their friends and family that were established throughout all of the Clone right. Wars series. Like that was kind of the point of the Clone Wars was to build your connection and show the connection between Jedi and clones. And now he's witnessing that all fall apart and quickly. I mean, it, for him, it just happened in a blink of an eye and yeah. he kind of lost, um, really lost his own purpose and so now he's dealing with that like what is his purpose in the galaxy now like he's obviously not wanting to run forever but uh so maybe he's just handing it off to rafa or maybe he's even more uh cautious of sid and her agenda maybe he's becoming aware that something is not adding up I think that last part where you think where he's thinking something's not adding up is most likely what's happened here because his his pretty much his exact words in in handing it over she Rafa asked well why are you giving this to me and he said because I'm pretty sure or certain that you will do the right thing with it I, implying of course that he is not sure what Sid's buyer is going to do with it or who it is Yeah and without spoiling the future were these kind of your initial speculations as to why Sid is wanting you know this droid that she has some sort of maybe herself she's not having some malicious intent but um she's kind of selling to a malicious buyer or what was your initial speculation with Sid yes that was about it right there Sid even now even going through a second time and knowing where where the season's going um, you still don't know where Sid's getting her information, even once you get through the entire season. So Sid may be a front person for the Huts or uh, any of the organizations that Darth Maul set up in previous Clone Wars episodes or anything like that. Or she could just simply be an information broker who's getting paid to get this thing, and she's got this great team of clones that she can put on it and is almost guaranteed to get her job done every time. It's one of those two, and with 
without actually spoiling how things go about, you will not find out by the end of the season. Ah, I don't even okay. know. Well, sweet. That's good to know because there's a lot going on in this series so far, and we can't end this conversation no, without talking all. about Wreckers' little headaches mm-hmm. that are going on here. So, you know, the speculation here is that, oh, he's just experiencing a headache. Like, yeah, no big deal. He needs to pop some aspirin. Or he is struggling with that inhibitor chip. Um, now that seems like something that is likely, I think that this inhibitor chip is trying to reboot. Um, and you know, I hope we're not building up to some sort of tragic ending with Wrecker, um, and the batch having to say goodbye to him as well. And some tragic ending there, but that's kind of what I'm looking at now. Is that question answered in this season or is that something that you still are in the you know in asking questions about yeah um the questions that you just voiced are the same ones that i had when i first watched this episode but i can tell you um and you who are listening at home if you haven't seen this yet and you're watching uh, straight through for the first time like zach is you will get the answer to those questions in the very next episode ah well So they just got to stick around for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will um, be releasing two more episodes of our review of The Bad Batch before we take a break and start reviewing The Book of Boba Fett because that is just a few weeks away. We are so close to The Book of Boba Fett. So you can keep up with us on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and by emailing us at hello at StarWarsTVTalk.com. You can find the rest of our shows online at StarWarsTVTalk.com and by searching for Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. You can find more TV Talk podcasts at TVTalk.fm. And thank you so much for listening. May the Force be with you always.